All right, so here we go. Um, so I'm Sensor, one of the community members of Lucky Doge, and we've had a lot of pop-ups uh, try to copycat us, and they were uh, pump and dump scams, rug pulls, this, that, and the other. And we tried combating it, but we figured the best way to go about this would maybe uh, put out a podcast with some topics on how to do your own research. So, uh, you know, rug pulls, pump and dumps, they are plaguing the low cap crypto markets. And these scams are causing harm to the crypto atmospheres and people's wallets. Scams like these are putting a negative light on cryptocurrency and reducing the pool of people to likely ever invest again. Preventing these scams has been difficult due to the ability to quickly create a token and market it to the masses. Crypto hype of potential millions and people's desire to get rich quick has disillusioned thousands, causing irrefutable damage to the cryptosphere. For many, the thrill of instant riches is enough to buy into these scams. In all reality, most hype tokens are as likely to make substantial profits for anyone other than the scammers. Project research is hardly performed, and the warning signs are quickly dismissed. It is easily compared to gambling, where in the end, only winner is a small handful of people and the casino. So uh, my first question to you guys, uh, which we have Cole Dallas with Canada Coin. We've got Aviator. Aviator Nerd with Koji Coin, and uh, of course, Chris, our dev with Lucky Doge. Hello, hello. Hi, hi everyone. Nice, nice to be here with you all. All right, so uh, I'll ask this question out, and uh, let's see where it goes from there. So have you or anyone you know been affected by a rug pull or a pump and dump? How are you sucked in, and did you do any research before buying? Let's just start out with the uh, aviator. Yeah, so I think um, from a from a practical perspective of pump and dumps, like it's like you said before, it kind of all seems to be <clears throat> quite common these days, and there's a lot of stuff going around. But um, I mean, the interesting thing is like the OG team um, when we kind of formed when we kind of formed the project itself, um, we <laughs> essentially were in a uh, token, we were like investors, we're just regular investors in a token called uh, called Tosa. Um, and uh, Nilsi, one of our lead devs, actually wrote a pretty cool article about um, uh, about it in uh, on, on Medium, so we can kind of uh, post that link, probably go and check it out. But um, that one has kind of been pumped and dumped and scammed like two, three, four times, like um, spin offs and people. Essentially, the devs, uh, you know, not being very transparent, promises not kept, um, you know, uh, having uh, opening up a BSC token with the promise of um, airdropping tokens to people from the ETH one, and then it turns out that they actually minted a ton more and, you know, started selling them off as some people were buying into them. Um, there was like a whole you know, lot of issues with that, and we essentially like, all of all the dev team right now actually met from uh, the uh, Common project, like because we were investors, and uh, we were kind of fed up. And that's kind of how the project started. We were like, you know, we don't really actually want to be part of this. We want to make something something cool. Um, and we had a couple of ideas on what to do, and that's kind of how Koji came about as well. Um, so we got together and kind of 
thought let's probably start our own project and i was actually wasn't part of let's say the origin original dev team i was like a volunteer um but i was like one of the first 10 or something to join uh from the project um and the really interesting thing is like the moment we like then uh told the um old toaster community we said look you know we're doing this new thing right and obviously we know that you guys have been scammed and a lot of people have lost a lot of money um we did this thing and we'll actually you know do do an airdrop for you guys as well um <laughs> which we we realized sounded a bit sketchy because it was the same promises made by the other people but but we just wanted to be as transparent as possible so we just made sure we you know let everyone know what was going on with the project and uh a few of us had docs as well uh you know we got the contracts out and um you know we were kind of just trying to operate on the whole uh, line of transparency really um so that's kind of how coach came up came about so how about uh you cole okay well the question is what i remember it being is have have i ever been rug pulled or do i know anyone that has been rug pulled and how did they get sucked in yeah my yeah answer that is, my answer to that is i have been rug pulled and every single person i know in the crypto space has been rug pulled at least four times i in my opinion it is it is it is getting out of control it's an absolute bloodbath out there um and um if you ask me i think honestly if you were to invest in a random token there's a 90 percent chance it's going to be a rug pull at, at this point and it takes one rug pull for you to to realize that it's okay i gotta sit back and do my research but the problem with the crypto community is that they're so uneducated on on what to look for you know how to look through a contract you know how to look through a use case that is you know even possible because there are so many misinformed information out there that people believe you know it's just a promise from a dev that's not even doxed that isn't even possible and people will you know hype this up and suck in even more poor investors and um, they will just invest without knowing you know having any education in the crypto space or you know programming coding or anything so i think the biggest problem here is is new investors coming in thinking that they can get 100x no problem without doing any research so i think it's our job to to figure out a way how to educate these people in many different aspects i think that's yeah. a, that's a brilliant point like like me and you know when you were talking about it i was saying flashbacks right because yeah i've been about good and I, i'm ashamed to say i'm ashamed but it's, it's a learning point right like i put money into college without looking into things too much and when i, when I started out and you know thinking you, know, you can hear all of these stories about these you know 10 15 20 i think can be me right um and and i had a you know, fair few articles and stuff like that um but then what i learned from them is like it's, it's hugely valuable but i think it's how great is it if you can increase the education so people don't have to necessarily go through that experience in order to learn from it and actually learn from people who can give them that advice you know so i think what we're doing here is uh, an important part of that yes I, I in the last four months i'd say i've bought and sold probably over 40 tokens and i've been rug pulled three times and out of those those three times every every one of them i aped in without doing any research just because one of my buddies was like oh this is gonna rip you know throw a couple bnb in and i was like all right and every time i've done that without actually going in depth checking out what's going on i've lost but 
when I actually sit down, do my research, check it all out, look at the contract, see if it's a copy paste or if the devs actually, you know, coded it from scratch, put the effort in. I've always, you know, come out ahead. So it really comes down to just learning what to look for and what to do. And this is what brought me to the idea to develop Catascan to help people who aren't that educated to be able to automate it for them and even educate them in the same process. So that's why I'm really excited to, you know, release Catascan to help the crypto community to change it to a safer, you know, more fun environment like it used to be. Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? Yes. Pretty much the same thing that uh, Cole and, and Aviator had said. Um, most everyone has been rug pulled if they're trading uh, with tokens. Um, even if they were trading before the, the DeFi craze, there was a very high likelihood of being, uh, um, it wasn't called rug pulled back then, but essentially scammed. Um, that the dev would just take your money and leave. It's a pretty consistent thing that has been a problem. But uh, so, DeFi offers some interesting tools to actually, it'd be, be a lot simpler to educate a lot of people on how to invest in tokens uh, uh, with proper research than coins. But um, yeah. So, so do you think tokens have been, uh, have negatively impacted uh the crypto markets like should it have ever been created in the first place or I think good idea that we have this that's that's a whole technology moral uh thing it's just the application certain people just have been taking advantage in the wrong way and the only thing that we can do is give them give uh, other people tools to to uh spot that out i don't think it's uh impacted negatively I think it's actually a really cool thing that's happening. And if we can, you know, the OGs step up and, and try and change it for the, so it doesn't go down that dark road that it's heading down now, I think yeah, it could be a great, is, I yeah. Think, yeah. I think it could be a great thing. And I'm putting, you know, 100% of my effort into to helping the community to, uh, to keep it fun and, and exciting. And I think there's a bright future for, for tokens. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, everything that starts out new always has its, uh, you know, I guess shady, shady little corner over there, you know, so we just got to grow from it. Yeah. And for the most part, I, if you guys agree with me or not, but the people I have met in the crypto communities have been absolutely amazing people for the most part, you know, like I'd say there's more good people than bad people out there right now but there will always be those bad people. All we can do is just learn how to avoid them. Well, one of the interesting things I've noticed is uh, one of our, our moderators, um, you know, when we were combating some of the fake lucky doges out there, the people are so uh, narcissistic that they will keep doing it and, and rug pulling people and they will pull him into their Telegram chats just to, it, they'll silence him so he can't talk or anything, just so he can see them do it again. And so we go out of our way to try to, you know, individually message people and warn them. But, you know, this is a, a common thing. And we wonder, like, what is attracting people to these rug pulls? Is it just the, 
you know, we get constant spammers in our Telegram trying to do m hype marketing. Is it is it hype marketing that is driving this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's uh, advertising. I mean, look at how the whole advertising industry is running right, running right now. It's just advertising. It's just uh, if you look at the the modern commercials too, very fast paced. It's similar to Twitter advertisements. People uh, absorb it quickly. Uh, probably don't think very much. Uh, just you move forward with something. So I think those people that are doing the rug pull uh, uh, pay for sources that are quote unquote trusted. And then you have uh, even a small percentage go in and then we would see a couple thousand. That's uh, a few thousand people. We know there's 2000 individuals, let's say, but to them, it's uh, only a small percentage of the groups that they paid for. Uh, so they're going to try to milk the the cow, as they say. So it, it, it's, it's an issue. And, and, and uh, the, there needs to be like a, a documentation how to how to uh, decipher uh, tokens. And the biggest thing really is just how to use a blockchain explorer. Uh, many people that invest in this stuff don't even know what a blockchain explorer is. And that's that's a very large problem. Well, do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, explaining the blockchain sure, does someone else that wanna, are out there? Yeah, does someone else want to uh, take uh, over or should I continue? I, I, I definitely 100% trust you to talk about this, Chris. <laughs> hey, you, you go ahead, Chris. I'll jump in. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, blockchain explorers are essentially just, um, for to be simple, it's a website that you can see the, uh, the ledger data because uh, the most basic way to say it for a blockchain is it's just a ledger um, of information. So the explorer just looks at the information inside of the blocks. Uh, for cryptocurrency and DeFi, that's uh, transaction data. So when you see inside of um, uh, an Ethereum block explorer, for example, or the Binance uh, uh, BEP20 block explorer, which is a copy of Etherscan, uh, pretty much, you see all the transactions in the block. You see trades. You see smart contracts. You can also see a lot of other statistics like uh, uh, percentages of uh, supplies being held by certain wallets. Um, you can see other tokens that the wallet holds. So if you look at the uh, block explorer, you can see who created these tokens. A lot of the times you can see how many of the tokens in the circulation they actually hold. And normally these tokens are, are 45 to 75% held by the developer because anytime anyone buys into it, they'll just dump. But since they make these tokens with a, a, such a high uh, supply, they can keep such a low percentage circulating. And it seems like there's a lot of tokens people can still purchase and say, oh, I got a trillion tokens. But really, the, the guy that's running it has uh, uh, hundreds of trillions or uh, something of that nature. And then they just dump every time. Um, you can also see, because some of these guys are so cocky, that they won't even make new wallet addresses. You can see a bunch of scam tokens in succession, and then they're just launching another one. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's absolutely yeah. brutal. But if we can, I, I want to do a massive info page, uh, trying to you know teach people how to use the block explorer and how to you know research wallets and how to dig deep, how to dig you know, so you can see these guys and check their wallets out, and you know see if they well, just are holding a brand new wallet with their token and like, you know, the Bitcoin Ethereum, you, it's pretty simple to, to spot these out once you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. What if, what if you had a white list in your uh, Canada scan where if you guys had a, all right, this is definitely some guy pulling some stuff. You whitelist the, uh, or blacklist, whatever the term uh, you want to use 
the address so that people can go to a list and say, these are the list of uh, uh, dev addresses that you should not trust. Yeah, we have that. Um, and it'll okay. take a couple, I think a month or two or three nice. to really build, build up the database. We, mm -hmm. ha we have that. And we also have a bot database that we're, that, that's being built. So that's you'll be amazing. able to, see, yeah, so you'll be able to type in these addresses. And if you see them, you'll know it's a bot and just to avoid it. So can you go into some of the red flags that you look for when you are scanning through it? Are there just a few or are there just too many red flags to uh, even explain? <laughs> there are I, so I, many. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I, well, the ones that I stated are the core ones, I think, is if you look at the contract address, you look at uh, the supply being held by what address. Most of the time, these scams hold uh, close to half of the circulating or total supply into the creator address, which is not okay. Um, the other things are if you see that the creator has a bunch of other tokens that are previously known rug pools. That's a big one. Doesn't matter if the project's going well and they're promising the stuff. If you see 20 other rug pool tokens in his wallet, it's likely that he's eventually going to do the same thing. Yes. The, 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 the only thing I'd say to that, Chris, right, because um, we've had this as well, um, one of the one, one tactic people get is they make actually scam tokens, like as in copy tokens, right, and just airdrop them to people's wallets and stuff, right, obviously hoping mm -hmm. they're going by that one. Like we had that with Koji, right, so obviously our first couple of days, um, we pumped like a, a ton, right, um, and Within like a couple of hours, we just had this um, fake coach token pop up, and a few people did buy, but I think thankfully not a huge amount. Um, and what happened is they just airdropped a bunch. Like I got them in my wallet. In fact, in so Koji, we have a three percent tax, um, where one percent goes into a charity wallet, um, and that, and then there's an admin wallet as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Both those wallets, if you actually go and in Ether Scan and you check those wallets out, you can see you can see the fake. Koji as well, and you can, there's probably another couple of one or two scam tokens dropped in there. So that's the only kind of thing I'll say that if you see that could also be a possibility, but I think more to your point, it's about the history of that wallet, like the wallet's been active in those tokens rather than something's been airdropped to them, isn't it? Yeah, and so it, the, the, the terrible thing too is that uh, one of the cool aspects of Etherscan is you post to, valid, to verify your address, you have to put the code of the smart contract online which means that if the person's smart enough the transparency in that tool gives them all the tools they need to copy all the code which is why upgradable contracts are uh, an interesting way to combat that because they can't really see exactly uh what's going on if they can't see what exactly is going on does that mean that the it'll be harder for people to do their own research uh it It'll be harder for for scammers to copy and paste code of uh, more official projects. Yes, correct. And that, yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. And that's why we're 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 going that way. And and any you know good project will 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 follow suit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll provide some tools that'll really help out. Aviator, yeah, it's, it's definitely the future. Yeah, so Aviator had mentioned that uh, they got pumped hard early. Um, so can we clarify the difference between a pump and dump and a rug pull? And uh, if 
a project is pump and dumped, is it necessarily the project's fault or are there groups of people that just do this and to, to utilize uh, making money real quick? Well, there's it's very two difficult to oh, you handle this one. I'm sorry. Well, there's two different things. Like uh, what can happen is you can get botted, which is basically a pump and dump. The bot will pump it and then and dump it. Or you can get attacked by one of those, you know, telegram groups with, you know, a couple thousand people and they do the same thing. But, you know, in my opinion, it, it, it happens and there's nothing you can do about that. There's, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So. Well, a good way to see is also the native uh, channels, see how the team is reacting to it. Because if the team is not reacting to it in an extremely negative fashion or in a way that doesn't seem over uh, dramatic, then uh, likely they were unaware. Um, if it seems like it's being faked or they're not responding at all, then they may be in on it. So there's a, a couple, it's, there's a lot of things you have to look at before you can really deduce. Uh, but yeah, pump and dumps is, a, that's a, that's, that's a little bit more brutal than rug pulls because they can mess with real projects that actually have products and systems and services, but it's kind of out of their control really because you can't legally block that on an exchange. Uh, you can block mm -hmm. a bot, but then people can pump and dump manually themselves. So it's 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 that one's a little bit that one's a little weird. Yes, it, it happened. It happened to Catacoin uh, off of launch. We got botted hard. Yeah, yeah. Same and with uh, Eldoge. Yeah, it was heartbreaking, but you know it's just what it is. And as long as we keep working and we have a solid community, where we're slowly climbing back. So. Yep. It's just there's nothing you can do about it. It's just how you how you handle it, right, Chris? Yes. Now, for rug pools, the big thing is liquidity uh, pool tokens. If the developer creates a liquidity pool, um, uh, make sure that the LP tokens that they, they have are locked, and as well as make sure that they don't own a massive percentage, like 20 to 70% of the circulating supply or total supply, because either way, they can pull all the Ethereum out of the liquidity pool by either one selling the excessive amount of tokens or two pulling the LP tokens and put essentially swapping LP tokens for Ethereum and the other token. Uh, since he owns a massive percentage, he would be benefiting the most. So those are the two, uh, I guess, from my my experiences, uh, rug pull processes that I've seen. Yeah, those, the, those are the deadly, deadly ones. Can yeah. the liquidity pools be unlocked at any time? Uh, it depends on the protocols you use. No, they normally use something called time lock uh, contracts or a version of that. And uh, the platforms will give you a time to select how long do you want to lock your tokens up. Uh, we have done, I believe, 12 months for Eldoge. A few months have passed, but once the 12 months are up, by then the committee will be in control of the address. So they will choose what to do with the LP tokens, likely locking it up. Um, either in another platform for uh, many years or we can write a custom time lock contract to lock it and potentially release XYZ on certain dates so we can either relock it or use that liquidity. Like It'll be a whole, a whole process that the community has to handle, but uh, it, it depends on how you specifically handle the LP tokens. Yes, it's a very tricky decision for devs uh, for... You know, if you yeah. ever want to expand to, uh, you know, a bunch of exchanges, you know, you're going to need an LP available. So locking all of your LP isn't always the best decision, but the community likes it because they're so scared of rug pulls. 
Well, the thing that I chose to do is just put such little liquidity in the start. I only have under 10% of the LP tokens. So most of the community has the LP tokens in their hands and they're mostly unlocked because we don't even have an LP staking system. So they would be able to migrate easily. That that gives the community the power in our case. I, even if I didn't have it locked and I tried to pull the money out, I would get less than 10% of what's in the 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 pool, um, for example. So that that's another way to potentially combat that because you're putting the power in their hands. That's, that's great. Um, we're also doing this uh, similar thing in V2. I'll, I'll talk to you later about that, Chris. I got some really good ideas I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll share with you. That's as very far cool. as LP goes. Yeah, uh, but I think like transparency, like so Koji, we, we have um, the 160-ish heat um, in the pool, but 100 was actually oh, wow. in, um, and, and the rest was put in by like, you know, uh, uh, liquidity pool providers, right? Uh, normal people, let's say. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's interesting, it can be in two ways. So like for Koji, we were kind of, we put it into a, a unit clip and we locked it, locked it for uh, a number of times. But, and one of the things that we wanted to make sure we have the flexibility is if we want to list in a couple of other exchanges that we have that liquidity available. Um, so we like locked 100% of it for a month. And then when it expired, we locked 50% for another couple of months. And then we kept the other 50% unlocked. But we just keep that transparency up to the community. And you know, we made a commitment that, that that's never going to be used for anything else other than uh, listing. So. We've got uh, two other, um, so actually, Chris, right, you know, if you want to um, you know, provide liquidity to, to Lucky Finance, but uh, we have it ready for us to, uh, to to take into that. So we kind of make sure that we keep a high level of transparency in the community as well. Um, and you mentioned earlier about like, you know, dev tokens and stuff like that. Like one of the things we said very early on is in our white paper, this is all the names of the devs. This is how much they have each person's getting. This is like how much is going to the charity. This is where the charity wallet is kept. This is where the dev wallets are kept. And this is where the admin wallet is kept. Um, so if anyone wants to go and have a look, it's in the blockchain, they can do the transactions as well. Um, so I think like it's if you see projects like that, where like if you look at Coach's uh, chart, right, and it is a bit unfortunate, like on, on between the first and second day, comes to like 45 X or something. It was just completely mad. Um, and it just, there was a lot of buy pressure um, leading up to the public set, et cetera, right? And it's kind of come like way, way down since then. Um, and there's many reasons for that. So it, it does look like I was up and down. But if you look at our roadmap and what we said we were going to do in terms of the comic amount of the NFTs and stuff, we're actually on time. Um, so it's like, it's one of those unfortunate situations when you're looking at the charts. Um, so my advice would be like, just go into the, uh, just observe the, um, uh, the, the telegram group as, as an example, right? Like, you know, you can see the kind of questions people are asking, like, usually if we have like bots and stuff in the telegram room, we just get like one or two word comments or, you know, that kind of same questions repeating all the time, but you can just see how active it is, how transparent they are with the white paper and, yeah, that's a very good point. Another thing to to be sure to do is check the project, its roadmap, if they're hitting things on time, if they're if they're active, if they miss something but they're talking about it, like uh we we did not hit this, uh, it's in process, we pushed it over, or are they just ignoring it? Uh, there's many factors. You have to also see how the team is handling the whole 
uh, community on top of the tokenomics, as one would say, on the block explorer, because that's that just gives you transparency on all the money itself. Uh, but you, you, you're very, you're very correct on that. That's that's the project management. That's also a vital key in in how one should invest. So when you say project management, are you talking about the engagement with the community? Overall, a uh, roadmap engagement community, how they handle uh, deadlines if they miss deadlines, how they handle questions, uh, if they're if they're uh, there's many things. If their if their target is to be community based, are they actually listening to community? If their target's to be uh, uh, some sort of tool, are they trying to really hit that? Or are they just trying to state that a bunch and then uh, not move really forward and just try to gain value in their token, potentially just milking the token and the hype? So there, there's a couple things you got to see how the whole the the thing as a whole moves. Well, as a community member, how would you guys recommend the community handling questions? Like, you know, we've had a delay in because of unforeseen circumstances, but, yeah. you know, the community doesn't always know what's going on or, you know, what's going on in personal lives or this, that, and the other. Um, what kind of questions should they be asking? Um, to feel more confident that they are doing their own research, because you don't want to, you don't want people to feel a certain way because they're asking those questions. So, what what should the community be asking? Uh, honestly, whatever they they feel they should be asking, it's the how transparent is the the developer, the team, in response. Are they stating? Uh, uh, what they're what they're doing? Are they stating a generic response? Are they not giving any any progress? Is it the same thing over and over again? Things like that. Um, yeah, you know, if you're posting updates, you know, of your actual development, you know, if you have a GitHub, so people can check out your yeah. coding, what's happening, stuff like that's all stuff we do. And you know, don't get me wrong, everything takes has been taking longer than expected, but that's because we're trying to, you know. We we all like Chris is the same. We we want to deliver the best product possible, and some people are really impatient. And that's why it's important to build a solid community right away, so that your the diamond hang community that that knows what you guys are doing can actually help defend and answer questions for the devs. And that is huge because the devs can't do it all on their own. They need they need support from from the community. But as far as okay. questions go, you know, ask as many questions as you can. Try to DM the devs. Um, personally, instead of posting things in the chat that may cause FUD, it's best just to DM us and we will get back to you eventually. I, I try and check my DMs every day and, and respond to everybody. But that, that's yeah. something that, that's very important is just to keep calm and, and, and answer. If the devs are transparent and working hard, they'll answer you because they love their project and it's their baby. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. that, that's very true. I think the GitHub point you just that's that's absolutely critical. That's a good that's a good example. Um, you know, if, if if a project has the GitHub and they're kind of being, being being transparent about it, um, that's also a good sign, right? Like you can actually yeah, that's a Koji. You can go to the Koji GitHub today, right? And not you can not only see the normal contracts, right? You can actually see the entire resting contract for the dev tokens too, including wallet addresses and everything. So not only like it's not like some statement in the white paper in small letters saying, or oh, some, you know, the devs are going to get X amount of tokens. You can actually go and see the contract, how it's vesting, how frequently it's vesting, and even the wallet addresses as well. So 
like that's as transparent as someone can be, right? So I think those are yeah. signs. You see those other things. Real uh, quick question, Cole. Uh, do you have a GitHub tracker as well planned for your Canada scan? Um, as of right now, I do not know. Um, I my dev who's handling that may be working on that, but that's that's something I can get back to you on. Yeah, maybe a simple GitHub tracker just to say here are the repositories and the basic data like commit numbers, things like that. Not not too yeah. much details. Like you, you know what I mean? How it says just. Here are the amount of commits uh, applied to this uh, repo. Here's the amount of branches or so and so. Just ba very, very that's basic development things so that you could see, okay, there's this is an active repo or this is just a, or they don't even have a GitHub. The code's only on Etherscan. That's, a, that's actually a really good idea, man. And that's, I'm going to write that down because like we, we keep coming up with new way, new things to track for rug pulls. And that's a great one to see if they yeah, have a GitHub. It's so and, new. And how yeah. Yeah, and how active well, it is. That's fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Can you yeah, yeah, quickly just uh, talk about what a GitHub is? Because a lot of people isn't going to know what that is or how to look through code or, you know, what any of it means. So just maybe a quick, what is uh, it? GitHub is, is um, it's a, a Git-based, uh, okay, I'll, I'll put it very simply. It's um, developers use it to put codes and things called repositories. You can consider that like a file folder uh, on a computer. And each repository could have multiple sections called branches. And you can have different code in there to mess with things. You can merge them together when things work. Uh, but essentially, it's it's using this thing called Git. It's a, uh, I guess you could say, um, a tool that allows you to pretty much make a tree of a of development path. And it's really useful for developers to work together and to create new tech and to just, uh, it's really useful for code. It's because it, code is not as a uh, uh, on paper quite literally as most everything else. It's uh, sometimes uh, it's yeah, it's easier to use with this whole. I don't think I explained that very well. <laughs> well, I think you did. But basically, it's a tool that us devs use to work to work together from, you know, from from long distances. Long story short, yeah. And it makes it, it makes sure that the code doesn't uh, uh, step on each other. Everything is its own branch, its own uh, connection point, merging everything. And if there's conflicts, they're handled specifically. It's very, very useful. So you can see the workflow, essentially, um, uh, of the project uh, from the Git, because you can see the activity. Yeah, so it's, for new investors, it's great to look at before investing in a coin to see if the devs are yeah. actually working on, working on what they're promising. And, yeah, and mind you, we understand a lot of people understand the code they're going to be looking at. Like, oh, they said they're going to be doing this. So I could tell they're making these functions. Like, that's not going to really be a common thing. But to just see activity on there, just in the basic sense, okay, they are active. That's that's pretty much, we're, we're not telling anyone to go look at the commits and try to decipher exactly what these people are writing. Um, right, I'm not, I'm although that is useful to know. That's a hot, I'm going to definitely add that scan. Oh, for sure. That's a great idea. Okay. So, uh, you know, I've definitely done research in the the GitHubs, and uh, I've noticed things like bounties and audits and things like that. Is does that um, validate a project if it's been audited, or is it not necessarily something that has to be done right away? No, audits. Audits are. So bounties are a little bit more uh, 
clandestine than audits. Audits are you pay a security entity. It's almost like getting a like when you start a company, getting some sort of paperwork that says we have we've been checked out and we pass, we get a passing rating. They are a security company that looks at the code and says, all right, the money won't get locked, they won't get lost. There's no dev backdoor uh, one, two, three. So audits are uh, they should be a standard. Unfortunately, right now, because they're so new, they're also very expensive. You're talking like 60000 to uh, sometimes $200,000, depending on what you're getting looked at. So it's very, very expensive. I mean, extremely. So these types of things need backing. So as much as they should be done as soon as possible, it's difficult to do because no one really, I mean, not many people have the capital to throw that kind of money out at stuff uh, like that. So that's why it's always good to to look at the community and see what codes are already audited, see what you can use as a foundation, work from there, work from what other people have already made, because that's pretty much what we've been doing for all of history. Yeah, there's no original idea. So it, it, it's best to work from a solid source and get your new stuff audited. Of course, if you're making something from scratch, that's unavoidable. There's no solid source to put as a foundation that you know is secure, but you can still eventually get it secure. But yeah, audits, definitely ma uh, mandatory. Bounties are just, oh, if you see an issue and you fix it, we'll pay you type of type of thing. So let's say I have a bounty out for the user interface and Cole fixes something, I would send him some L-Doge. There's the bounty, uh, $50 worth of the coin or something of that nature. Neat. I mean, it's good to see that in, you know, the git books because it means that the developers are actually concerned about the code being right though that's how i see it yeah because it's a it's a true community effort just like a bitcoin yeah 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 you there's many people that were giving a uh, code uh even still today i'm not sure how it's run today because i believe there's a whole process now but early on it was many developers that just popped in started uh, uh trying to merge uh seeing things and trying to contribute so I'm going to ask a few quick questions, and then uh, we'll just uh, talk about your individual projects for a little bit. Uh, so one, is there such thing as a get-rich-quick overnight project, and what do you look for in a project? Well, there, there, actually, there is, but let me tell you, it is, it is a total fluke if you find one. There's not really much you can look at. It's just all about if the hype is there at the right time or if not you know most projects like legit ones take months before they before they moon but there very are good those... examples ave yep ave was uh when they launched their v2 their v2 contract was worth 50 cents and then within 30 days they're worth a 200 dollars range so there's that there are those instances but it's extremely rare like a of choose the rarest mineral on earth or something and there that's a good analogy i guess because it's it's not something and, that you can don't try ever, to do don't ever trust a reddit post that claims to know that it is that <laughs> yeah like don't don't listen to other people saying that that's going to happen because that you can yeah. never predict it it's impossible yeah. unless you're you pulling a scam that choice yourself. yeah well, your best bet is to find projects with docs to devs um with a solid dev team and a, a, a use case that they're building that is unique uh, buy their tokens, get in the community, keep up to date, and just hold, hold, and, and that's that's your best bet in this these these days. And remember, it's important to keep up to date, just in case they swap 
if you miss out on swaps, you miss the deadline, then that is mainly your fault for not keeping up on your investment. People need to need to keep up just in case something happens. They upgrade in technologies and you don't get left behind. And then your investment becomes uh, null and void pretty much. Yes, that's a very good point. If you invest, you need to stay active. That's 100% true because the, the technology is moving so fast, especially right now, that you guys yeah. have to be on top of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I think talking about devs as well. Um, <clears throat> if you like constantly find that the devs are engaged in price predictions, that's a pretty good sign for you to stay away. Um, like as in generally, generally speaking, in 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 my group, right, we never engage in price prediction because it's not for us to say. And how can you the dev predict, right? Um, like if if we do what we say we're gonna do, and that's the best we can do, and then the market take care of the rest. Like there's a lot of factors. Um, I've been in some groups where the devs always say, yeah, it's going to do to 10x next week and whatever. And it's like, well, you can't really trust that kind of thing. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Cause if, uh, if it actually starts working out, then how do they know, uh, they likely would then be working with some sort of group that's uh, funneling money into it to try to get investors outside. Yes. There's also yeah. that, those situations. So it, it's a crypto market is very. The regulation will eventually come, and as much as people say uh, that it's going to destroy the crypto community, I think that there'll be it's going to be a transitioning period. But in the end, it'll give more people security, so this type of stuff stops happening. Well, I I think I know the answer to this one, but you guys all agree that you wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket, right? I mean, you yes. see these projects pop up, and I know people myself that. We'll just throw all their money in it and just be like, hey, you know, win Lambo. And it never seems to work out for them. Yeah. Uh, and and never never yeah, invest never. after a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This <laughs> is also my number one rule. My number one, never sell. No, never buy or sell after drinks. Leave your trust wallet alone. Yes. And never buy, ever sell for a car. for a depreciating asset i, I want to make one point about rug pulls quickly um i just want to say that not every rug pull starts off as a rug pull a lot of the no. times it's the de- it's the devs just give up because it is so stressful and you know there's people that give us such hard times and we're working so hard it's easy for people just to give up because of the the scrutiny that they get it's not even that. Sometimes it's a, it's a bad team member. Sometimes they trust the wrong person and some person takes advantage of the trust within the team and leaves the bunch of money and it makes the entire team look bad or it just completely uh, destroys it. Yeah, so, so. In, in that note, we, we have to keep that in consideration and not bash everybody that pulls the rug because it's not the whole team's fault a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, 100%. And that's that's one of the biggest things is is uh, researching researching the devs and who they are and you know their their background to be honest. Yeah, right. I think like, your question um, was on like you want to put all all the eggs in one basket and stuff like that. That's obvious now, but I think like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people um, who come and asking for it. I mean, either they're trolling or they're actually. If they really believe in that, they, they should really go and do some more research because 
it, it's really no different to many other investments you can make in your life, right? Like, even if you want to buy a house, you can put it yourself. Like, whatever you feel comfortable with doing, like, you, you have to understand why you're making the investment and why you want to grow it. And for some people, they want to put for three years or something, they want to get after a certain amount of time. I think it's just, it's just the cryptocurrency is so people, some people just cannot wrap their head around it. doesn't matter how you explain it. They just do not understand. And some of those people still invest. I think it's, it's not like gold or uh, land or uh, something else you can invest in. You read something, it's very straightforward. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty abstract and it's, um, I think that's a big issue is that there's a majority of the people that really just, and it's not an insult to them. It's just, they haven't spent the time or maybe they don't truly care about it because there's a lot of other things that they're doing mentally. They're, they're just uh, focused. So it, yeah, that, that's a big thing too. Well, a lot of these tokens don't actually have any utility at all. I mean, exactly. I, I see more and more and more every single day. Direct responses to, uh, to Elon Musk, uh, pretty much. Yeah, uh, that's another one. He said something about Floki, then 100 Floki coins came out the next day. And, uh, you know, they just get rugged or whatever, but none of them have a use case or any sort of utility um you know that's what brought me into lucky doge is that you know we're we're a meme coin but we have so much utility that we're going to be bringing to the table and uh we're we're still new so i still wonder why you know shiba you know i guess they just brought out their swap or whatever but it's been how long you know how many of these tokens or coins just do not do anything be careful with the with the the security rating I was I was very supportive of of Shiba Swap, but once I read a security report on them, I don't know if it's still accurate if they changed it because they they found they got a low rating because it was a security flaw in the Shiba Swap. I'm not sure if they updated it and they fixed it, but I would uh, be careful until they do update it because that's a they have like a 1.5 billion dollars locked in there and they have a a security issue. So. I can only imagine if they don't fix it, something is going to happen because there's so many protocols that are attacked in the DeFi space, even ones that are audited. So, that's um, guys. I'm afraid I'm going to have to wrap this up soon. Uh, it was yeah, a pleasure yeah. talking. Same. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, I'm the CEO of CandaCoin, and come on by and join the uh, fight against rug pulls. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, great to chat. You want to say anything, Thanks, Aviator? Yeah, yes. uh, so I think Koji, um, Koji is a great project. Come and join us, right? So we, uh, we think we got something really unique. We are uh, launching a an original comic series that's actually illustrated by Aqua Studios in London, um, and it's going to be released exclusively as NFTs. So it's like the world's first cryptocurrency token that's actually releasing uh, a comic series uh, in NFTs that they will combine to make one one edition and then we have a long one series planned as well and it's centered around the koji character who essentially is like an alien coming to save us from Earth. and we have a little cool storyline as well for you all to have a look at so pop in and have a look and ask us any questions we're really excited about this so that's uh that's aviator with koji definitely go check them out koji coin and uh, anything you'd like to say chris about lucky doge uh yeah we're uh of course uh the lucky doge uh token uh we're 
we're just trying to release uh, something called the Lucky Finance app, where we're just going to have a bunch of uh, uh, finance tools for people that uh, mainly a foundation for meme coins and expanding outwards to give uh, meme coins actual utility. It starts with a swap, goes to lending or planning a NFT marketplace and uh, integration with uh, Canada Scan, as we just mentioned as well. Uh, we want Koji as well integrated in our NFT uh, uh, platform, and we're open to having other projects integrated directly into the app where we just have it in the uh, in the navigation bar, maybe and have a little a little uh, page specifically where that we have partner applications where you could just choose one and go to. Uh, who knows how this will how this will grow? Awesome. And you can check us out, uh, luckydoge.finance, uh, join the telegrams, get involved with the communities, and uh, hopefully everyone will find uh, a, a great community to join up. And uh, always do your own research. Yes. Well, thank and, you guys yeah, for having me. Thanks for having us, right? Uh, as well, it was a pleasure for us. And look, we, we should do this more often, and I think it's education is a huge part. Um, I think we can all play a small part of that. We can all you know, combine and hopefully um, fight against these web scams. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, I'm going to stop this recording.